through him all things were made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness. darkness has not overcome it. Oh my goodness, I can't believe how excited I am to bring the message of God to you this morning. Honestly, he is for you, he is for you, he is for you, he is for you. Were you listening to the words that we were singing this morning? How incredible are those words to know that the God, the creator, is for you. That's overwhelming. That is so incredibly exciting. This morning, the title of this message is to believe or not to believe. Now, I don't know how many of you have studied Hamlet when you were growing up. I did. My daughter, right now in grade 12, is studying Hamlet. She, like, loves Shakespeare. I have no understanding why. I never got Shakespeare. In fact, I can't believe I'm saying this. In my day, in my day, we were given Shakespeare to read Hamlet, and what we ended up doing was um, we weren't... We were supposed to interpret whatever it was that Shakespeare was saying. And to actually get the cheat notes from the bookstore was a no-no. That was the English version of what Hamlet was saying, so that you could actually write about it. And to, I had to get the cheat notes. I had no idea. But I did memorize one of the most famous sayings in Hamlet, and I'm sure most of you know it. I memorized it because I wanted to look smart. And you know the saying, to be or not to be, that is the question. Whether it is nobler in, see, I can't even remember. Whether it is nobler in mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune. That's all I knew. But that's what I would say over and over again, just to have that little bit of intelligence. And you see, it's only till recently that I understood what Hamlet was actually saying there. He's actually questioning his life. Is life worth living? He's going through a time of great depression, and he's going, do I even want to be here? To be or not to be, that is the question. But I think there's a bigger question than that. I think it goes deeper than that. I think it goes into eternity. To believe or not to believe is the question. That is the real question this morning, is to believe or not to believe. That is the entire question. You see, we've been studying this book of John, have we not? John, we've been going through, and the whole purpose of John's gospel is about belief, Do you know that the word believe is mentioned 98 times in the Gospel of John? 98 times. And we also have brought up multiple times in multiple sermons that the final thing in John 20, 30, John says Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples where are not recorded in this book. But this book is written that you may believe. 
that Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, what? You may have eternal life. Jesus has said that if you do not believe, I am he, then you will die in your sin. So the question today is about belief. That is the question. To believe or not to believe is the eternal question. So this morning, we're going to be looking at John chapter 10, verses 22 to 38. Now, this, this was a tough passage of scripture. There was so much in this passage of scripture. But I want to have, instead of reading all of it, I'm going to look at each verse individually because it's going to just take up too much time. So Mary preached last week, and she ended off on verse 21. When you jump from verse 21 to verse 22, you miss three months. They aren't recorded in the Bible or in John. And John says he hasn't recorded everything, and he hasn't recorded all the miracles that Jesus has done. And this is the gap of three months that we're talking about. And the reason we know that is because from John 7 up to John um, 10, verse 21, they're celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, the Feast of Tabernacles was something that they were directed to celebrate in the Old Testament. But now we're going in to John chapter 10, verse 22. And John chapter 1, verse 22 says, Then they came to the festival of dedication at Jerusalem. It was winter. And Jesus in the temple courts walking in Solomon's colonnade. What on earth is the festival of dedication? What is this feast of dedication that we are talking about? Well, you see, the feast of dedication isn't recorded anywhere in the Bible except for here in the book of John. It happened in the 400 years that happened between the Old Testament and the New Testament, that silent period that we don't know much about. And it has got so much history to it. The Jewish people were going through intense persecution in that four years of silence from God. So in this feast, what happened prior to the year of 165 BC, the Jewish people in Judea were living under the power of the Greek kings of Damascus. And there was this king, and I practiced all week saying this, so don't laugh if I don't get it right. Um, Anicus Epiphanes. There was this king called Anicus Epiphanes, and he was a Syrian ruler, and his name means, he changed it to it, to mean I am God manifested in the flesh. Can that give you an idea of what he thought of himself? I am God manifested in the flesh. He hated the Jews. And he persecuted them. In fact, the Jews actually put a little pun onto his name. And they actually called him anti-epitomies. Anti-epitomies, which meant crazy man. So the Jewish people called him a crazy man. He took control of the Jewish temple in Jerusalem. He forced the Jewish people to abandon their, their worship of God, all their holy customs, reading of the Torah... And he made them bow down towards Greek gods. I could tell you some horrific, horrific stories of what this king did to the people of Jerusalem. 
And according to the ancient records, he defiled the temple. Now, one thing that was unclean in the Jewish custom and that God told them, do not eat, do not have anything to do, was with the pig. And so what they did, what he did, was he took a pig and he sacrificed this pig on the altar in the temple. And the blood of that pig spilled over the holy scrolls of scripture. How much worse could it get? But then came the Maccabee revolt. This was a group of four Jewish brothers who was led by a a young man named Judah Maccabee. And he rose up an army of religious freedom fighters. And these men had a fierce faith in God. And they fought. And they became known as the Maccabees. Now, this small band of warriors fought for three years, and they finally, from the strength from heaven, were were able to achieve a miraculous victory and a deliverance from the Syrian control. So after regaining the temple, now this is where it gets really interesting, it was cleansed by the Maccabees, and it was cleared of all this Greek idolatry, and they readied it for rededication to God. So this rededication to to God, the temple, took place in 165 BC on the 25th day of December. And this is what, this in the Hebrew month. So it happened on the 25th day of December. And so that is called the Festival of Lights or known today as Hanukkah. So when you and I send Christmas greeting cards and say Merry Christmas, that's why the Jewish people are saying Happy Hanukkah, because it relates back to this Maccabean victory. The other small interesting thing I'm just going to share with you is that in the temple, there was an eternal flame that used to glow, and it used to show the presence of God. It never went out. When they reclaimed the temple for God, they only had enough oil for one day. And so what they did was they prayed about it, and God kept that flame alive for eight days till they could re- remake other oil to burn in, that flame, to burn in keeping that. So that is when the, where the menorah comes up. Did you see the eight candles that are in the menorah? That is the eternal flame of God's presence. Does that make sense now? So that gives you kind of a history. It was such an interesting history. I needed to share that with you about what the Feast of Dedication is and why Jesus was entering into Jerusalem at the time. So we enter in, and it says, The Jews who were there gathered around him, saying, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, then tell us plainly. I want to set the scene for you. This isn't a casual conversation. They literally have surrounded Jesus. There is no way for Jesus to get away. They are forcing him into a conversation. And they're telling him, you tell us plainly who you are. Jesus' response was this. I did tell you, but you did not believe. The works I do in my Father's name testify about me. But you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. 
We have just looked, finished looking at John 9, where Jesus healed the blind man. Remember that story that Jesus went and this man was born blind from birth. Jesus put mud on his eyes. It was on the Sabbath. The, the man was able to see. Now the Pharisees were astounded by this and they wanted to know who this man was and they investigated and they went. They went to the guy's parents. Was he born blind? And they're going, yes. And so they've gone to the guy and he said, what did he tell you? How did he open your eyes? And the blind man, who was no, no longer blind, said, I have told you already and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? And finally, the blind man said this, Now that is remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly person who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. Jesus had a history of miracles. He was fulfilling the Old Testament prophecy, and the Jewish people knew the Old Testament. Then, in Isaiah 35, then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. Why was Jesus so rejected? What happened? Was he not what they expected? When I was in Rwanda, I was hanging out a lot with the Canadians, and I hung out with a group of special forces, Canadian special forces. And we were standing around one day, and this team was telling me about their leader. And they pointed to him. And I just was astounded. Honestly, this guy looked like Mr. Bean. There is no way in the world I would have guessed that this man could take somebody down with his bare hands. He wasn't what I would have expected to be a special commander or or, or in special forces. If we take it back now to this Maccabean revolt, they're now at the Feast of Dedication It was these warriors who freed the tabernacle. They came in with with swords and they fought for three years and they reclaimed it. And Jesus, Jesus came as a baby in a manger. I don't think Jesus was what they expected. Matthew Henry says, there is none so blind who will not see. You see, there is a difference between belief, unbelief, and doubt. It is good to have doubts. I've had doubts. Doubts help you explore, to look deeper. God tells us to look and know who he is, to explore Everyone has doubts. You work through the issues. Doubts look for answers. It says, if you doubt, it says, I want to believe. I want to know. That's healthy. That's good. 
I'm ready to believe. But unbelief looks for excuses. It looks for a reason to say that it's not true. Doubt suggests faith. You work through your doubt and your faith will get stronger. My sheep listen to my voice and I know them and they follow me. Now, a little while ago, I saw this YouTube clip and I said to myself, the next time I talk about sheep, I'm going to show this YouTube clip. I have no idea how this fits in, but you got to see it. All right, just watch this. but they cannot hear the shepherd's voice because they aren't the shepherd's sheep. So where does that leave you and I? If we claim to follow Jesus, shouldn't we be able to hear the shepherd's voice? Where are you listening this morning? What are you listening to? Especially today, we are being constantly bombarded, are we not? By news, social media, Everything. Every day the news is filled with tragedy and we turn on the next news to hear what they have to say or we look on the social media page or we open the newspapers. We've gotten to the point today that we don't even know what the truth is. We don't know where to look because we don't know truth. One station will say one thing and another station will say another. One leader will say one thing and another leader will say another. We don't even know what truth is. If we're listening so much to all those things, how can we possibly be hearing Jesus' voice? When all this stuff is happening, when all this fear is coming up around us and circumstances start evolving, whose voice are we actually listening to? In the first century, a sheep pen could contain multiple sheep, not just your own. So it was very, very important that your sheep, that the shepherd knew that the sheep knew their voice. Because he would call to them and they would come out of the pen. If you don't spend enough time reading God's word, spending time in prayer and getting to know the shepherd, how will you know his voice? Paul taught us in Romans that faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word. Christ. Jesus goes on to say, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will be snatched them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. I give them eternal life. And they shall never perish. You see, you don't earn eternal life. It is 
given to you. It is a gift. It is free. You believe in Jesus and he goes, awesome, fantastic. Here is a gift. I give you eternal life. You cannot buy it. You cannot purchase it. You cannot work for it. It is free. You will never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch you out of my hand. He carries you this morning. It doesn't matter what you're going through. He carries you. And then it gets better. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one can snatch them out of my father's hand. You are in good hands. You are in the hands of the father and of the son. And he is gripping you and he is holding you and he is not letting you go. And Jesus' final words are, I and the Father are one. He and the Father share the same nature. They share the same essence, which is deity. And you know what? The Jews understood exactly what, who Jesus was claiming to be. We know this because in the next verse, what did they do? Again, his Jewish opponents picked up stones to stone him, but Jesus said to them, I have shown you many good works from the Father. For which of these do you stone me? For which of these do you stone me? They knew he was claiming to be God. We heard from Pastor Gary a couple weeks ago that back in Leviticus, anybody claiming to be God, it was blasphemous. And the thing to do was to stone them. And here Jesus was, claiming to be God. And he said, what are you stoning me for? What good works are you stoning me for? And they, and they say, for, they go on to say, we aren't stoning you. Jesus answered them, sorry, I went back. Um, we're not stoning you for your good works. We're stoning you because of who you claim to be. And Jesus answered, he goes, is it not written in your law? I have said you are God's. If he called them gods to whom the word of God came and the scripture cannot be set aside, what about the one whom the Father set apart as his own and sent into the world? Why then do you accuse me of blasphemy? Because I said, I am God's son. Now, does everybody understand that? <laughs> Pretty full on, eh? You look at that and you go, uh, don't, no. Where that's taking that from is that is going back. <clears throat> that is going back into Psalm 82, verse 6. It's a section of scripture that says, You are God's, G, in little, in little G. You are all sons of the Most High, but you will die like mere mortals and you will fall like every other ruler. What Jesus is doing in his argument is he's bringing it back to the Old Testament. And he's saying, you know that in the Old Testament, in Psalm 82, verse 6, it says you are gods. This is referring to um, mortals. Gods are used in the Old Testament as judges. So that they are the responsibility from God to judge others. But scripture is making it clear here that they're not God. They are mere mortals and they are going to die. So he is using the Old Testament to say, 
How then you can you then accuse me as blasphemy? Blasphemy. In verse 35 there, he says, if he called them gods to whom the word of God came, the scripture cannot be set aside. The scripture cannot be set aside. What Jesus is doing here is he is affirming the Old Testament as 100% truth. Throughout his teachings, Jesus referred to the Old Testament 64 times in his teachings. The emphasis on the truth of Scripture is the wholeness of the Scripture, and it cannot be broken. Jesus is telling you that the Bible is true. It's inerrant. It's 100% correct. You cannot add to it. You cannot take away from it. You need to believe the Scripture Matthew 24, 35 says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Today in society, we tend to want to take out from the Bible what we want to believe and leave the other stuff off to the side or change it to fit our narrative. Jesus is saying, you cannot do this. The scripture cannot be changed. It cannot be set aside. He is calling you and I into an intimate relationship with him. I want to ask you this morning, do you know his voice? Do you know his voice? Do you understand who the shepherd is this morning? You know, I was writing this sermon um, yesterday and I walked out of the office, and my daughter was watching the movie, I Still Believe. Did anyone see that? If you haven't seen that movie, I Still Believe, I really want to encourage you to watch that. It's a movie about Jeremy Camp. Jeremy Camp is a a Christian songwriter, and he wrote the song, I Still Believe, because just shortly after he was married, his wife died of cancer. And he went through a horrific time of all this doubt and depression. And I'm sure he was sitting there just saying to himself, to be, to be or not to be, that is the question. But what Jeremy Camp did was he turned it around and he chose to believe. And he wrote a song called, I Still Believe, because you know what? He could hear the shepherd's voice. He knew that the shepherd was calling him. This morning, The whole book of John is on belief. The challenge to you and I as Christians is, do we believe? If somebody was to say to you, are you a Christian? And you were to say, yeah, I am. And they said, great, that's great. So where is he leading you this morning? Where is Jesus leading us this morning? And the only way we can find that out is by getting to know our Savior, by reading his word, to spend time with him and loving him. And this morning I want to challenge you that this God that we serve is a mighty God. It's so exciting. Because the songs we sang this morning are all around that. He carries us in his arms through our bad times, our good times. It is exciting to serve this Jesus. 
Because the Bible tells us he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. It doesn't matter what journey we're going through this morning. He will be there with us. And he carries us and he lifts us in his arms. And he takes us on the journey. This morning I want to challenge you with that, those words. I want to challenge you to believe or not to believe. That is the real question this morning. Gospel is simple. Believe. I'm just going to call the music team up. Let's pray. Father, I'm just so incredibly grateful for your word. It's always so encouraging and uplifting, and you love us. Jesus, you hold us in your arms. Father God, you hold us in your arms. You never let us go. How encouraging that must be when we as mere mortals struggle with our faith constantly. But you will never let us go. Thank you, Jesus, for never letting us go. Thank you, Father, for never letting us go. May we give you all the glory and all the praise this morning. In thy precious and holy name, amen. I invite you to stand with us as we sing Who You Say I Am. In my Father's house, there's a place for me.